Welcome in to Rover Sports, but tonight we're doing the co-show. And today we got <laughs> Matt Cohan joining me, little co-host action. And uh, and Cohan, how are you, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing quite well. Doing well. Uh, not a lot of sports that are that are going on, but hey, um, I'm still trying to live life and and make the most of this time. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's uh, it's it's a weird time. I feel like people just have uh, a bunch of different conversations that normally uh, are, are uh, like five minute segments, but have turned into like a half hour shows. And it's just it's insane how much uh, people just bicker back and forth about like Jordan, LeBron and all that stuff. So it's it's been an interesting uh, time so far in the sports world. I'll, I'll say that. Because there's nothing to really, there's nothing to really like, like the Jordan doc is kind of like, it, it's kind of like our sport that we have right now. It, it, it's what, um, it's what the sports world has been kind of revolved around. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's going back into the old, uh, the old days. And, and it, what's even crazier is that you have now the argument with the new guys, uh, and by the new guys, I mean the current guys, and then the older generation that just goes back and forth uh, at all, every single day now, and it's yeah. just, it's insane, honestly. Yeah. So that leads to like that leads to like one of the questions: What do you like about older NBA basketball? Like, what do you like watching this kind of '90s documentary like this? So. Born in 95, I was actually born the day uh, that Michael said that he was coming out of retirement on March 19th of 95. So uh, for me, it's funny because I'm watching, uh, I was watching the Game 5 Golden State uh, uh, Cleveland game from 2015. Yeah, yeah, Draymond suspended. Yeah, and and what I got to say is that the difference that you see in the dock, at least, uh, compared to now is just, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's like the competition. I would just say that there's more of a fight for, for, for uh, a W every single night. I think the difference is, and it's funny because you say on the dock, uh, they say like, like uh, players today, they train. People in the '80s and the '90s, I mean, they they went uh, they went to the gym and and they uh, you know did a few bicep curls and uh, and peck flies and they were ready to roll. And I think I think the one thing that I like about '90s is that you look at a lot of these these highlights now, and the the, the guys are calling for the foul. They're getting slapped in the arm, and they like, "Yep, it's got to be a foul." But if you look at the '90s and even in the '80s game. You got like socked in the mouth. You got tackled. I mean, they, you basically, basically, you had to have gotten assaulted basically for a whistle, and you just don't have that now. And I, I think that I played basketball, so and that was kind of how I played. I was on the verge of fouling out almost every single game because that that was just the type of defense I played. So I think, yeah, yeah I think the '90s game kind of resonates more with me. And you saw that probably till about LeBron came into the league that that was how it was, and then it kind of shifted. So, yeah. and I didn't, I didn't, I the 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 first actual team that I probably started watching was because I didn't, my my dad didn't really watch NBA when I was growing up, other than Jordan, but uh, it was probably the Pistons, 
and uh 2004 yeah yeah and and that's and they still had that mentality and uh but other than that though it, once lebron came into the league it just changed at least in my opinion it was so. big ben it was richard hamilton bill yep. Upt, and and rashid and they and they'd beat the crap out of you every yep. night same with the grizzlies kind of bully ball the spurs a little bit i think it kind of shifted with james harden the no hand checking mm-hmm. yeah i see guys like devin booker that are really efficient like Trey Young, if he if he was around in the '90s, he I, I think he would have to just put on a ton more weight, and he would just get murdered, you know, playing '90s basketball. And the thing is about playoff games, Matt, is just like I, I feel like the refs control the game now more. There's there's so many more foul calls, and for LeBron James, most of his points are coming at the foul line. And yes, he's beating people off the dribble; he's getting fouled, but it's mostly just like a, a three throw shooting contest now. And I loved how in the 90s, um, there was just a ton more two-point shots. Like the mid-range game was just, it, it was just so much mid-range. And now it's like all threes. Do you like now how teams are shooting like all threes with these analytics? Like, do you like watching that style? Or do you like watching kind of mid-range games and like kind of fadeaways and like Kobe shots? So I guess what I'd say is like watching watching what curry does and clay thompson what they what they do at the three point line is something that like we've seen a few other like players maybe sort of get to that level but not quite to where curry and uh, clay are at i mean you had ray allen who basically was like a pistol like you just give it to him and it was in uh, and then reggie before him yeah but Asia. These guys, yeah, exactly. Uh, but these guys, though, I mean, the fact that like Curry can like dribble it all around, just t- and like not even look at the basket and throw it up and it goes in. I mean, uh, it's I I enjoy that, but just watching what like w- watching Michael highlights and watching Kobe highlights and just like seeing like just what they were able to do at the mid range. I mean, or just, or a perfect example, probably somebody who, who utilizes the mid range pull up jumper is like Russ. I mean, Westbrook has one of the most deadly pull up jumpers, but it's something you don't see anymore. And it's why it's difficult to, because everybody thinks he's going to pull up from three <laughs> or he's going to drive. Well, at the time, basket. At times, yeah. 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 But, but that's the thing. Goal. They think, they think he's going to drive straight to the basket, but the fact that he can just stop on the dime and pull up from mid, I mean, it's still, it's a deadly shot. And I, that's why I think, I mean, one of the biggest questions I've heard in the last two weeks was like, if Michael played now, would he adapt? Would he still dominate? And well, first off, the, the first thing is that it's Michael Jordan. So he would see Curry and them hitting all threes. He'd come back the next season. And he'd be a top, three-point shooter that that's just his mentality but the fact that he can still hit i think i think it's 50 i think it was 49 percent his career like field goal percentage the fact that he's 50 50 it's gonna go in i mean how do you beat those odds if you're able to put up 33 points a night doesn't matter how you do it as long as you do it he's gonna be getting more foul calls now he's gonna have more freedom of motion he's gonna be able to finish at the rim pretty much like in, a, in, in an uncontested manner. I think like if Kawhi was really healthy, he would maybe be like Michael today. Um, Michael would score maybe like Kevin Durant scores because it's not like Durant is just always pulling up from three-point yeah. land. 
Um, I think Michael would even be like maybe even more efficient, but I just don't like the foul calls like in, in the NBA today. And and don't get me wrong, the games in the 90s, like I'm sure you're watching this doc and you're like, wow, 85 to like 78 was like was like a regular playoff game. And those so, games are brutally they could be really ugly, like big three kind of basketball. Mm-hmm. Well, so the NBA has gone through many stages. I mean, you had the 70, you had the sixties and the seventies where you would literally like when like Dr. J and, and like Kareem, the dream and all that, where yeah. he would literally like the scores would be like one forty to like one twenty, And you're thinking in your head, they're like, how's that even possible? Like that, that's an all, it's an all-star game every single, every single game, <laughs> but, or, or, or like, um, yeah, well, uh, hitting a hundred, you know, a hundred points a game. That's not that will never happen again. And and it's just because that was just the way the style was. And and the craziest thing about it is that you have to take and consider there was no three point line, so everything was two pointers. Then in the eighties, you had Showtime, and, and the game started speeding up. Uh, but then with Boston, that started getting more physical. But the Pistons, I think, were the ones who, without the Pistons, you would not have had the NBA as physical as it was in the nineties, because they instituted a, a, a type of, of, of uh, physical physicality to the game that you, you just didn't really see before. And I think that just kind of, uh, that just kind of changed the way the game was. And it changed the way Michael played. You know so what, Matt, the thing I like about the nineties is like the pit, the Pistons were kind of like the Indiana Pacers, you know, that would run up against the heat every single year. Yeah. And if the NBA wanted to rig it in any kind of way with the, with the officiating, they would have pushed Michael into the finals because Michael mm-hmm. was the star. So yeah. I really liked actually how the refs just didn't, there was no like favoritism at all in the nineties. And, yeah. and right now you watch games and here's the thing. I'm not saying that they're rigging the series, but when a team's up three, one, or when a team's up um, 3-0, they are going to give the, the home team the benefit of the doubt so it's a longer series. Okay, well, Last you- year when um, the, the Raptors were playing the Bucks in game three, it was brutally officiated because the NBA didn't want sweeps. But I don't want the officials getting in the way of games. And they didn't with that Pistons team. Yeah, I mean, uh, what, what, I, what I'll say is, is that about like not pushing Michael through it's like, well, don't, don't tell uh, magic that because all, all magic thinks is like, well, if they're home, Michael will get every single call. And it's actually, it's funny too, because I, I actually got into an argument with uh, my manager at work about, uh, about um, Michael being a chucker and he was always at the free throw line, but you actually look at it. It's, it was pretty even. I, I, that's uh, that's the one thing I'll notice is that during those period, I mean, uh, the free throw attempts were pretty even. When it comes to just stars, the starting five, uh, if you look at averages around, it's pretty it's pretty he dead. Said that Jordan was a chucker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He said. I mean, if you if you if you look at. Um, he played if in the you, triangle. He was a part of that that ninety six team. Yeah, but like it's funny too because like if you look at the people who they, they attribute to him to like with Kobe and that they put him in the same, the or put Kobe in the same group. Kobe actually had less attempts. It, the, yeah. the person who was probably farther or closest to him is probably Harden in the last three or four years and AI, but AI was just, he's the absolute chucker. I mean, it was like a, yeah. I think a 40% percentage. And that's what I said. I was like, you can't say he's a chucker 
because even if LeBron has, I think, 19 attempts or something, career average, mm-hmm. he makes 50%. Michael's actual, actual attempts in his career, I think, is 23. That's still, like, even if you take away all that, he's still scoring more than LeBron. So, And the chucker thing, the Monte Ellis is like the chucker. You know, the guys who just suck or the guys that'll just unnecessarily just gun shots down. And James yeah. Harden, I think it's a three-point thing with James Harden, but Allen Iverson like kind of had to do it. So yeah, yeah, of, he had the team on his back. So AI's kind of in that capacity. But going back to the nine, something I notice about these games as well that I really like about the nineties, and I do like today's game of basketball, and that we'll talk about why today's game could be better. But I love how you can taunt in the nineties, and there's no technical fouls. I feel oh, yeah. the rivalries are. I loved when Pippen walked over Ewing, like on the floor. Oh yeah, and, and I mean, it's funny too because that's how that's real basketball. Like if you if you go to the uh, your local rec center, you just do pickup or something like that. You you have the few players that just don't say anything. Then you have the other guys on your team that that's all they do is they yap back and forth. You see that everywhere, but for some reason you. You, you can't do that in today's NBA. And that's why like everybody's friends with everybody. I mean, and, and I get it. Like, sure. I mean, you get, you can have like friends on the court and all that stuff, but it's just the, you need a rivalry. I, I mean, want hatred. It, I, the cool thing about Michael is that he did golf with Danny Ainge, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was like, yeah, like you'll, will golf them and then it'll go out and annihilate them the next day. Like yeah. at least on the scoreboard. Yeah. I like real deep seated hate hatred and, and, and they're so like that. Michael and Isaiah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and in today and in today's basketball, I, I think like with social media, you almost can't do that. Now you do have Embiid and Towns. Um, which is kind of fun at the same time, but it's more like social media related. It's not even real though. That that's the thing. I mean, they had like two scuffles and then they, and they talked a little bit on social media, but it wasn't like, it's just, it's not the same. There's not the same aggression. I mean, they, they lose their minds over like the smallest things. Like if you look at, uh, if you look at those nineties or even like I said, early two thousands where you know, you had these guys literally hitting each other, literally taking each other out, literally guys going up for dunks. It, it just didn't happen in the house. So you had to tackle them. And I mean, the Jordan rules, like before he takes flight, you got to take him out. You don't have that. You have people t- calling him out because they didn't score 20 points uh, the night before or they shut him down or something like that. It's not it's not the same. Yeah, now one thing I'm going to say, though, in fairness to the Pistons, right, is like when Zaza Pachulia hit Kawhi Leonard, it kind of derived uh, the yeah. league of like, of it derived the league a little bit of of a star player. So the thing that I would maybe do to stop like all this finesse basketball, maybe instill a three seconds in the lane more, because I like like players hitting tough twos. Uh, the hand checking, maybe you can instill hand checking a little bit more. I mean, there's a big difference between how loose it is today and and going full out brawl. Like there has to be a middle ground that the NBA can kind of achieve. What I think will always happen is especially now. And it's like that in every professional sport is the stars are being protected because the stars are 
everything. Like uh, once Michael showed up and he kind of changed basketball, like he brought basketball to the forefront. I think it was, and and, and not just that he got a lot of people paid. That's the one thing that like, not maybe on his team, but across the league, he got a lot of people paid. And I think now it's about, let's get these guys on as many games as possible. A lot of guys get hurt. They don't want guys to get hurt. They're paying millions and millions of dollars. Not like uh, Jordan when he was getting like uh, uh, four million a year or something like that. But yeah, yeah. But you have to imp- you have to protect your investment. So I want to say that I would love to say that's just going to go kind of like how it went from like 140 score basketball games to like 90 to uh, like uh, maybe 100 and then up to like 120. And that it's just going to go back, but I, I just can't see it. It's there's too much money being involved, and not just that, but there's too much. There's too much of uh, of players' image everywhere. So like, if they're sitting out for a game, they get ridiculed like crazy. But Thank back you. back in the day, it was they were actually hurt. So like that, that that's the thing. And now you have you know, um, well, it? Lo- you have well, load man, you have load management and everything like that. Like you didn't have that back. Valuing the, the regular season, you're devaluing the product. But the way that it can hurt yeah. is that the NBA ratings are going down, and there's some games that are just three point contests. And I don't want to see that. Like I loved how MJ played every night, just full on balls to the wall. Now. I guess for the playoffs, it's going to be unfair if you have a if you have a team that is just really well rested. Like maybe the Clippers come out and kill you then in the playoffs. Like, is yeah. it all about the championship? And they're never going to go to less games. And I don't know if we'll ever see back to the basket basketball. Like the Spurs are kind of trying to do that, and then they're just getting run out by just thinner, more athletic guys are spotting up from three, and and it's kind of the way it's going. I I think. I think everything kind of goes in uh, In cycles. So you, yeah, I think I think it's cycles. I think it'll come back. I mean, the big man, local four will be effective someday. Like, like a real (laughs) back to the basket. Maybe not. Maybe not him. But I think so. You need a you need a prototype. You need. um, I'm talking about a slow big guy. Okay. I mean, I think you know. I think cats. You know, if he uh, he works on his three point shot and is able to do that. I mean, then if a it, let's just say this: if a big is able to stay huge, athletic, and hit outside shots, almost like kind of like Dirk, because before Dirk started really nailing things, he was he would go back to the basket. He had the turnaround jumper and everything like that. Yeah, Dirk is gonna like that type of player is going to come back. It, it, it is going to come back well, just I because it's back. I think that's like yeah. a Porzingis or like a Jokic. Yeah, but a player like a Shaq um, would be fascinating to come back. A player with the skill set of like maybe a Tim Duncan that just hits bank shots. Now Tim Duncan's great, so maybe that's not a good example. But maybe- a player like Shaq if you surround him with shooters would dominate because if you have four guys outside shooting three pointers and they're missing and remember majority of players, you shoot maybe like what? 33% maybe, maybe uh, from, from the three. Most are bad. Yes. You spread it. You spread them out. You have a dominant, huge dude down there that gets the rebounds and just scores all your garbage baskets. I mean, like a guy like Barkley today, 
would would dominate a guy like Rodman. He would have 20 rebounds a game because he would just sit down there. And you're seeing it. Well, the prototype of Barkley, I think, is Zion Williamson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, I they, they Zion is kind of that that prototype. Now, the thing is about like an O'Neal, what coaches will say that that will really be challenging for Shaq is then on defense, so you'll go small ball against them and then you yeah. might sacrifice some threes. If you have a stretch five out there. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, Houston saw a little like, God, PJ Tucker. Yeah. I mean, they, Houston kind of saw a little bit, a little bit of a success, but I think, and, and golden state, they pulled it out plenty of times. Uh, but the difference was, is that golden state also has two of the greatest three point shooters of all time on the floor. And and with KD three. So I think it kind of just depends on how the team's made up. I mean, if yeah. you only have one real knockdown shooter or like Toronto, like Toronto wasn't able to do small ball. They yeah, had their bigs and, out and there and right. they, and they dominated. Houston just got exhausted playing that style. Like you need like a Looney, like a Kavan Looney who's yeah. going to rebound for you, like, even a Marcus all. Like for me, I can't, I, I, I hate saying this, but I can't compare what golden state was able to do in the last three to four years and say that that's the future of the NBA because you can't take three to four superstars, three of guys that can shoot up, shoot literally at the, uh, uh, at the half court line. That's not realistic. It's not, it's not realistic. I mean, maybe you could say it is because the salary cap, well, who knows what the salary cap is going to do now? I mean, CBA is probably out of here soon, but either way though, I just, it's not, what the NBA is going to be in the long run. I can't see it being that. I mean, you're going to, it's going to be teams like what the Clippers are doing, what the Lakers are doing, what the Bucks are doing. Like it's, it's going to be that those and what Toronto did last year. I mean, you could say, well, if KD was there, I'm like, okay, well, Golden State's also a cheat code. So Mm -hmm. like Toronto against any other team, in the West, they, they probably win that series. And they did anyway because of injuries. But like yeah. if, if, if if Golden State didn't get there because of injuries and it was anybody else in the West, I think Toronto still wins that series in six. Yeah, and they play they do play the physical style like you're talking about. And the playoffs are very different. And there's teams like yep. the Phoenix Suns that'll shoot tons of threes. Now with the, the, the Sacramento Kings, like with De'Aaron Fox just like running up and down the floor, you're right. It's not completely um it's not completely working. And the NBA is nice how it does slow down so much. And and mm-hmm. that's what LeBron and the great ones will do. They'll just like dribble the basketball out of the shot clock and then charge and, and get fouled. So yeah. I I look at those points and I, I understand those points. So the next thing I want to talk about in the doc is, do you think Scottie Pippen is coming across poorly in this doc? Oh, I mean, I don't know if you were, if you were, if you had that contract, would, would, would you play? <laughs> what, I mean, that, that's that, that dirt contract. Like, I mean, cause Michael played. Yeah, but Michael's also got all those endorsements. I mean, Scotty had a, a game system that he tried to do and it failed miserably to the point that there was only like I think a hundred that were made. So if if yeah, he's looking bad. And and coach shot. That's what I'm specifically getting. Yeah, no, no. I mean if you're a player, especially if you think that you are the number one and 
one, you don't have the frame of mind to tell Phil, like, nah, like, draw something up for me. I got this. At the same time, though, like, who coaches a rookie? And he's already hit a lot of game game winners that season. I think it was like five or six. Yeah. And you need a shot. I mean, I, I don't know. It, I, I just, I, I, as a as a former player, I, I don't think I would have ever have been like, nah, don't put me out there. Scotty, like that's Scotty needs Scotty need because Scotty was always the 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 content teammate and he needed to yeah. be, he needed to to still be out there as a decoy and and cheer on his teammates. I mean that was just ridiculous. Uh, well, I mean, granted, granted, there was I think like three or five seconds left, and they were going to have Scott Scotty inbound the ball. So I don't know necessarily if I would have, I mean, he is one of their better passers, so I can understand that. And that type of pass that they were trying to make, I mean, it, it was a little sloppy, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it, I, he's looking bad and it's rightfully so. Yeah, but, I can understand it. The thing is with Michael is Michael wanted to win so much, so. With with Scotty, it just yeah, he just that last season he was more about the money for that one year. That's just yeah. how it was about about, yeah. about Scotty and Jerry Krause. I mean, I got to give Krause credit for at least building this team the way he did. Krause deserves all, all the credit when it comes to building the team, and it's funny because there was some moves that even Michael like complained about, but in, he even said in hindsight he was right. It's the the ending that's and that's more so and and i do feel bad because you know with him being gone for the last like two or three years not being able to really defend himself i mean all we can possibly say is Mm -hmm. and and it doesn't really seem like many people are defending him and and they're not giving him enough credit for actually building the the team because without kraus i don't i don't think you have this um but you might still but uh you because i did have michael he had Michael, but she didn't win anything until you got Pippen. Yeah, but, but Michael it, wasn't even as good as I mean, he got a lot stronger in those years. Yeah, but what I'm saying is I don't know necessarily if you didn't have Pippen and the team around him, if necessarily what you would have been able to do it. So like able to win six. And and I think I think Krauss approached the NBA incorrectly. I think organizations in the NBA don't win. They, they don't win championships. It's the 10 guys that you have out there that do it and the coach. But really, yeah. it's more so the 10 guys. It's not baseball. Baseball, it's the organization because that's everything from uh, single A, triple A. Uh, being staff. Yeah, ex- exactly. Exactly. But it's more money to the NBA. Cheated, but like the Braves have a good system like mm-hmm. you talked about. Um, but yeah, the good news about Kraus is he wasn't like Sam Presti. Like I really think Presti, like that Harden trade, he shouldn't. He could have even traded Russ. Actually, that would have been, even been the best thing for the Thunder. But he screwed that up. Yeah. And 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 some people, especially today, it's even harder because of social media. Everybody talks like with the Sixers, like keeping the team together. But for Kraus to keep the team together, and then Phil deserves the credit too of mm-hmm. Phil Jackson just keeping all those egos together. And like one, and once again, that's another thing. Like Michael didn't want to, co- uh, didn't want to be coached by Phil. He wanted to stay with a uh, ducky, and what ended up happening, it it was the best thing that ever happened to him. So as much, and I, and don't get me wrong, 
the fact that at least the way the doc is shaping it up, that Krauss is the reason why Michael didn't go for seven and eight and because he was tearing it apart, I can understand. I would probably feel the exact same way, but man, did he set those guys up for success? Here's, here's what I'm going to argue to Michael is 35 years old. You're probably only going to get one more year out of Michael and he's burnt out because he's played so much basketball and then Michael wins six. And the thing, Matt, why I think that Michael really quit basketball is because he didn't have that carrot out there. The reason he went to baseball is because yeah. he won three straight, not like Larry Bird he even told the agent, like, I'm going to go do baseball. It's a challenge. After he wins six, the shot over Russell. I really think that's like the culmination for Michael. I think Michael's just all about like, I just didn't think he really wanted to even play anymore after, after those years, maybe he would have played one more year. I, th- I think maybe one or two. I think I think he would probably get it till the turn of the century, and then I think he would have been out. And I think, yeah, he would. He was thirty five, but he he wasn't playing like he was like forty, and he's had like dust in his knees. He was still putting out there. So and he still remember that beginning of the year he carried them and kept them in contention. So, but I I just think that um, with him, I think the baseball thing a lot of it was a, a challenge. A lot of it was a uh, him being burnt out, and especially looking at. Um, just what this doc has, has really shown is how different Michael's life. I mean, don't get me wrong. These kids now with social media, it's constant, but it's also, you can turn your phone off. Like with Michael, he couldn't leave the room and I like, like he couldn't go anywhere. So like <laughs> just that, I mean, it's just, I would be burnt out and considering it was something so different, like these like these guys now that like they know about social media, they know what they're getting into. They're putting their highlight films and tapes on there looking for likes back then. I mean, Michael just wanted to play ball and he got all this other stuff attached to it. And I think, yeah, I think he was definitely burnt out. I think he needed to grieve for his dad. I think that was really, uh, I think if it, if it was anything, it was probably like 70% grieving doing something different and then the rest of it was being burnt out i think the dad and i don't know i mean because michael though the the media at first the media was cool to michael and then it's so funny he had rashad as his own little like guy you know like he would drive with ahmad it's it's so crazy because he just like ahmad rashad is still like pretty young and he just disappeared like i remember being young and like he was on everything and they just disappeared like he could have kept going and everybody would have known who he is you but didn't watch the, the a pod i did with my friend the other day but our whole discussion was about how ahmad rashad his whole career is about michael and then yeah, when michael he's just left, a homie. He fired he's just a homie that, that's literally it he's just but chilling. i think he's talented that's the thing i don't understand is like brian brian windhorse oh, yeah. and all these other guys are out there like people that are not even that good at, at media yeah. but michael would travel with a moderate shot in the car to the game and then he'd get his own personal interview yeah hilarious too um here's a question for you that that i've talked about with other people do you think james jordan jordan would be out to be made a villain because of how much he was in Michael's life. Like, do you think it would be considered helicopter dad, like him doing the media? Do you think it would get criticized by today's constant stream of media? Um, if anything, I think, I think things now, I think honestly, I think the way Michael was treated would probably be worse 
I don't I don't think I don't think it would be that bad because the difference is is that he's not like LeVar Ball. Like he 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 wasn't that. Like he he answered a few questions once in a while, but everything else it was like that's my son. That's his accomplishment. I'm just here to to support him. That was it. I I think though the way people tweet and the way people talk that if he would have been like murdered and like now Michael would never be able to have a Twitter account. He would never be able to have a social media account because uh, that's all you'd have is people is constantly saying that it was, uh, that it had something to do with him and all that stuff. And it, it would just be a mess. It'd be an absolute mess. And it's completely unfair because there is zero evidence to back up any of those claims. Yeah. And yet you still had media members just trying to uh, nowadays would be trying to get the clicks, the clickbait. And like, that's, it's just, these people are human. And that's what I think a lot of us forget. So. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing with James is um, it, it, so, so I here, I don't think that, that David Stern would suspend Michael from basketball. Did you ever believe in that conspiracy no. from the gambling? No, he's too much of a draw. Are you out of your mind? Are you like, you understand the amount of first off, do you understand that if Michael in nowadays would decide to take five games off for load management, that it would be like, how could you do this to the fans or paying for these tickets and everything like that? No, Not it's too much money on his own games. Yeah, I don't exactly. Exactly. And, and that's why that's why that there is no way that that could be true, because. I guarantee you, if you add up those, what, 41 games or 41 away games or whatever it is, I don't even know. But if you would if you would put those up there, you would add up all the revenue that owners would be losing out on just on the bulls coming to town. There is no way that David Stern would have done that. They filled up the damn Georgia Dome. Exactly. Did you like see those people that were yep. in the Raptors uh, that, yep. that were like watching it. Yep. Like, it was like what sixty two thousand. Hey, there is no, there is no way that that would ever happen. And like, That'd like, be like saying was, like LeBron, you can't play for a year. That would never happen. As as much as I don't want to compare him, it, it, that he's the draw. Just so. mad. Jordan is just magical though. Every single night, you know, and, and he puts it all out there. And and even the the he's like a showman. You know, he's rocking Jordan once to the game, and it's amazing that he even scored that many points that way. And Michael was just flawless. Like, he never lost. He kind of has this unblemished, just perfection resume because of everything that, that transpired. Do you, Here's the one thing about Michael that, that I don't really like uh, from the doc. I like 90% of Michael. Like, um, I came across – like, I think Michael comes across in this doc totally fine with yelling at the teammates. The Kerr thing is just emotions boiling over. Yeah. Like, Scott Burrell, I, as a teammate, I would rather the star take interest in me than completely ignore me. And that's what happens a lot in the NBA now is that if you're not, if you're a role player, you'll just get ignored for the superstars. There's that disconnect. But yeah. Michael cared so much about Burrell. The one thing is, is that I don't know if you knew this, but Charles, Charles went on TNT, Charles Barkley, and he insulted Michael for the Hornets, which is totally understandable. He hasn't oh, done yeah. a great job yeah. with with ownership. Yeah. Michael is too thin. This this <laughs> made Michael great is yep. how thin skinned he is, but he still won't talk to Charles. It would be great if Michael could just let that go a little bit with guys like Charles that are his boys. You know what I mean? Like, I <sighs> think he might be too thin skinned in that way. 
I think they just need to talk it out. <laughs> I'll be honest. I mean, it's one of those like, my bad. Like, I should probably shouldn't have went there, but like, I, I just said it how it was, and I, I think if uh, they talk it out, it, it, it would probably be fine. But, I, yeah, that's dumb. It's real dumb because like, it almost sounds like uh, it, all he, all he said was that they were you know like. Uh, like uh, uh, kiss asses, and that, that's really not, it's not really much to like lose your mind about. But it was also like the intent of what he was saying. Like, like you hire these yes men, like that's why, like, you know, your organization's bad. And yeah, I, and I think you also remember, like, that would be like saying, like, Air Jordan sucks, like, your shoes suck, like, everything that you're building sucks. And that's what he was trying to do. So I can understand the frustration, but at the end of the day, you just got to talk about it. Come on. It's Charles. It's yeah. I mean, and, and, and like, Charles says stupid that. stuff all the time. I mean, he also he says a lot of smart things in, a, I love in a very interesting way, but I, I do love Barkley. I, I think he's one of the best. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think they just, they, talk it out they will eventually it'll happen so but yeah yeah i'm gonna shift gears here again this is cohan this is the co show i'd love to you know continue doing this matt um you're yeah it's it's really fun talking to you You have great insight and ideas let's talk about current uh sports right now we got we got the nba college football and and this coronavirus going on so what are your predictions do you think that the nba and college football do you think that these sports are going to go? And what would you do if you were these sports? What do you think should happen? Well, the NBA is pretty it, – The it, it's so difficult because it depends on how you're looking at it. If you're looking at it as a fan, you want it, you want it just because you want to watch something. Like you, you, you want to you root for your team. Yeah. If you're a player, you want to, you know, you want some cash. You want to get the, you want to get that money. If you're an owner, same thing. You don't want to lose money. You also have to think about the workers. There's like a ten, a hundred thousands, tens of thousands of, of people who work in these organizations. Even if they are part time, they need to get paid. Mm-hmm. And even if you go back to just fans, you're still going to take out those those workers because nobody's working concessions, nobody's working at the ticket office or anything like that. Right. So, I think I think you almost have to just scrap it as Maybe as not as through the season. Yeah, I, I think I think I think you need to scrap it unless in the next month or so you get some sort of info. You're going on mid June. Though we're not going to get paid. The owners are just going to keep the money from the players. Yeah, well, yeah, I know, and that that's what they you know signed up for the CBA, so that that's how it is. But I think you well one, you have different states doing different things in different times there unless you literally have one big training camp for a month i i think they said it was like they need four weeks to kind of get back into shape and just get it going unless you just cut it off right now and you're like we're just going to do the playoffs this is how it's going to be the eight teams here the eight teams there we're going to get it going and you just take those teams and you take them into a location. I think like Vegas was one somewhere in Florida was one yeah. Arizona could actually be one too, because yeah. uh, the, their governor is already saying everything's good. Yeah. And then you just, you got to quarantine everything, keep them secluded for two months and just try to get it done. But if you don't have a decision by July, you, you have to be thinking towards scrapping it. 
because by the time you like, if you don't have an answer by July, then you're looking at at least August to start things. And then you're going to be bumping up into the NFL. And then it's just and a mess. The next season. I yeah. think July, but the thing is a lot of these guys can have antibodies towards it. I think yeah. if you're under 30 years old, your chances of really being in serious health issues are maybe like 1% or less. Now, if one player gets it, I, like the UFC set the blueprint. So I'm more on the side of I'd like to see that I'd like to see them go to Arizona and, and do the testing. And I really think it can be done because there has been progress, but maybe I wouldn't make a decision. I still think you go to June and you kind of find out what is going to happen. Now in California, they're already saying they're gonna be shut down for like three months. Yeah. I really think you just gotta gotta continue to wait this out. Just go to June and July. Because there's a chance because in some of these uh, states that are more um, liberal in the sense of letting people go out and letting people go to restaurants, I don't think the numbers are rapidly going off the page for those states. So I, 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 I in my heart of hearts, I think college football now. Oh, my gosh. If you didn't have fans for college football, that would absolutely <laughs> suck. You know, and I was it wouldn't be know, worth it if if the Steelers win a championship and there's no fans. That's that's even lame. You're going to get made fun of. That's almost like an well, empty championship. So just to like just to go back to the NBA idea is that I guess if you would go to one location and you would just try to get as many games played during the week as possible, like you could like start games at. Uh, like try to get everything done as many games as possible, but on one court and just start games in like the afternoon or two o'clock or like whatever, or like be, if they're out, it, it, but, but, it, but if it's out West though, you could probably start a little bit later. The games would just go a little bit later. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know if the TV money is going to directly help the owners because the owners want to have it in their, in their, in their own location. So I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to look at the specifics when it comes to college football. If you can't get fans in the stands, it's not worth it. How about because, fans or, or if the testing, I guess like if you have like a million <sighs> tests and you could do tests in like 10 seconds, um, some, some of the States are going to take the risk. And I'll tell yeah. you also why I think college football has a good chance of happening. The sec is just starved for football. And, and in the South, a lot of these states like Georgia and Alabama, it'll be fascinating if some states are playing football and that that might happen. You might have like the Pac-12 not in the SEC playing football. Well, so you have. So there was a report that came out like at midnight today, and it was about um, how uh, the Cal State school uh, state uh, um, colleges aren't really planning on having um students on campus well though that that is for students that are not going to that don't have to be like so for a business student or a history student anything that you can take virtually you you will stay home but for people who are in biology or science you that you're most likely going to be on campus because the rumor was that they were going to shut it all down so that like like uh, san diego state san jose state they weren't going to have any fall sports that's not correct so I don't know what, but the, the problem is, is that California, they're looking at not doing anything for three months. And that also will count of August. So it's, 
So these lab. So you're saying if you have a lab in class, like you still yeah. you still are actually going to go. So then it's interesting. Like if you're if you're allowing those students to go, will you allow um, fans to 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 maybe be there? And and maybe in California well, there won't be fans, but in in Alabama there will be. So so for the NCAA, all that they can do is right now is give out uh, insight and knowledge. Like they have no. They have no saying over anything, so they can just guide them, sort of. If the SEC wants to wants to play, it's gonna it's going to be up to the governor and the state officials. So you mean that 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 some power? You mean that it's a, each conference has the has the freedom to do whatever they want? Pretty much so. To well, to the extent that their local government lets them. Like if if like if. Perfect example, like with Wolf. If Wolf would come out and say, "Okay, we're some students are going to be able to go back to school," then the NCAA would be like, "Well, like Penn State, if you want to, if you want to, you know, have games, that's fine." But if Wolf is telling you you can't have gatherings, then you can't have fans. I'm just laughing so much so. because um, I'm laughing because the the the, the states um that that get to play football like if clemson it, it like say pittsburgh's hosting clemson this year you would know better than me but say pittsburgh if wolf doesn't let them play i mean his re-election campaign that's going to be just horrible it, it's going to be so much pressure for some of these governors then to let football be played i think riots are definitely going to happen i mean you're already seeing riots right now that is going to be fascinating to watch. i i think it College football is going to happen. I just don't think it's going to happen in September. I think October is probably more likely. Mostly because you're going to have everything but the summer. People are going to be easing restrictions and kind of letting people get back into the groove of things. And you have to you have to test to see if the spike happens or or if it's just gradual because you're letting people back out and then it goes right back to normal or if it's a huge spike. If it's a huge spike, we're not having anything. But if uh, if it kind of does like what I think I'm not I'm not a scientist, but it, it, if it doesn't spike and it kind of just goes up a bit and then stays normal, um, then I think you're going to have that. Whether or not you're going to have fans the 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 bit, whether or not you're going to have fans is going to be up to the government. Whether you're not going to have games is going to be up to the school. Like mm-hmm. if. If the governor says you can't have mass gatherings, you are not allowed to have mass gatherings, mm-hmm. then you're not going to have fans. And I'm telling you that a school is not going to play games if it can't have fans because it doesn't make any sense for a nonprofit organization to put to fund a, to, a team out there to play and everything like that if you're not going to get any return. And in, in, in anything at all, it's aren't just going to be. Profit, aren't don't they make profit off of the uh, the ticket sales? Like the, the, the yeah, like that's where they get their money from. And if yeah. you're not having ticket sales, then it's not it's not worth it for you. And well, a lot of these schools, the, but the schools can talk about the student athletes. Like a small uh, private school might want to still let their football team play. What what I'm saying though is that um, what I'm saying is that a lot of these schools their other sports are predicated on football being played with fans to bring in money if football cannot be played and they are not able to generate money 
they're not going to ha- be bringing in money to help fund the other sports. Mm-hmm. So think about it this way. Well, if you're that, a restaurant, be brutal. I'll, I'll, I'll use an example. Think about it if you're a restaurant. If you're a restaurant, and but you can only fill 50% of your restaurant, is it worth, is it, worth it to open up full-time and have all the operating expenses if you're only going to get 50% or 50% the most, or is it better to just keep giving takeout? It's better to keep t- getting takeout. You don't have to pay the operating expenses. You don't have to pay the, the, the employees. That Not as many. Out. You don't have to pay as many employees. And once again, you like, but you don't have to, still, you still might make at the 50%. You still might make some money off of that. And then also your fan base, I mean, if the whole ACC is playing and you're one of the schools that's not, your fan base really will turn on you then. And it could have a lingering effect for years, actually. No, no. Fan bases are never going to turn on their schools. That's never going to happen. I mean, Mostly, you want to know why? You want to know why? Remember Missouri football, like how they had the protests and then like they had rocky, you know, attendances. You, you want to you know? Well, first off, they had rocky attendance because their football team sucked. It, it, like you have to understand, all right. College sports is the most tribal thing that we have. It's the closest that we get to being like primates back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like it, it doesn't matter what happens. Think about it this way, all right. I'll give you an example, and I don't like to do this because I'm a pit guy, and it's going to sound biased and all that crap. But mm-hmm. think about it this way. All that stuff with Sandusky was happening up in Penn State. One of the most disgusting things you could ever think of. You still had plenty of people who should have been embarrassed by their university saying, we are, we are, we are. Mm -hmm. Baylor, their whole football team was like allegedly basically raping uh, women. Yeah. Still, it was all about the all about the bears. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It, I, I is, it doesn't matter what people do. They're going to say professional is different because I a lot of people understand that argument. I do. Yeah. Um, like, like professionals, it, it's different because professionals are getting paid. They're getting actually paid on contract to like represent their team. So when they do something stupid, people ha- like hash out at them. Colleges, they look at them as students, even kids. though they really aren't really students. So that's why people are like, we love those kids. Here's so it's about the kids. Here's the thing, too, about Sandusky is it, it even made you love Hackenberg. It made you love um, Bill O'Brien even more like like if you're a Penn State fan, because these kids are coming in and kind of trying to rescue um, like the name. But but you're right. We're, well, not enough if you're a Penn State fan because all they did was uh, freak out on them because O'Brien put the names on the back of their jerseys because they stayed, and yet they still lost their mind on it. Okay, all right, that makes sense. Whatever. We'll just we'll leave it at that. Yeah, but, we'll leave it at that. How about uh? But but you're right with football and what what a football team. I think a lot of play people like the players now, and and then some guys are getting paid, and you grow up in fa- in a fantasy world. But but college is so different. Your parents yeah. might have gone to the school and um, it, it, it will be fascinating. But for an athletic director, that's definitely going to factor into his employee to, to how he's employed. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I, at AD the same time, though, on the block, if they don't allow football, the, the same time, though, they also have their hands tied. 
because if a school, because remember, I'll give you an example, like a perfect a school, an AD's job isn't to determine whether or not students are able to go back to school. And if students aren't even allowed to be on campus, they're not going to let athletes on campus. Mm. It makes you can't because you also have to remember these are still kids. These are 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds that are going out there that aren't getting paid money. If they're getting paid, they're getting paid under the table, but they're not contractually getting money. You can't put them into health risk because if a kid goes and plays because he's under scholarship and he might lose his scholarship if if he doesn't show up and he would get sick and die or get sick and get someone else sick in their family and they die, you're thinking about so many lawsuits right now that you're going to, it won't matter if you have football because you're going to be paying everybody off. That like, that's, that's the one thing that you have to think about and sure you could be, and I guarantee you right now, the NCAA has lawyers looking into this and trying to make, uh, make changes to everything so that that doesn't happen. It, it really is tough because it, it would almost be better by conference because yes, if the ACC has 12 teams and 10 of them are playing football and then your, your school is one that takes that takes safety precaution. And then it ends up that the virus is not potent. They're never going to forget that. Um, I think that that people are more understanding if you err on the side, actually of aggression in this case. And then it turns out that, that, that COVID spreads and then everybody shuts down. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. schools that let the kids play, I don't think they'll take really any public backlash. You might see some backlash, but I don't think you're going to get the same backlash. You'll you'll get backlash for the only the only way that you can get backlash is kind of like why the NBA or the NFL could get backlash, and that would be if for some reason testing was still scarce. And these guys were just getting tested just to go play sports when they really just should be inside chilling or, 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 you know, washing their hands and not being gathering. That's the PR you can get. Or if like half the team gets sick, that's the PR you'd get. But if you were able to play and wouldn't have any incidents or anything like that, then you're not going to face anything. So the only thing that you might face is PR backlash if they're telling you not to do it. And you go and you do it anyway. And I and personally, I think how it should be this year is you just play people in your conference. I mean, just just do do conference games like mostly because if you if you can make that determination as a conference, like right now, Alabama's probably going to go play T- TCU instead of uh, USC in uh, Jerry World. Yeah, play your conference because. If if all of you guys decide to back out of uh, your uh, out of conference games or anything like that, you're able to fill those slots in. You can just play your teams. You all can make money, and then you can get out of this year. And and and, and that and that even makes more sense. And even if yeah. the NFL is limited, if they have limited fans or even NBA, it's almost like a tournament in itself. It's it, it's yeah. so hard to look at it as like actual real sports and. Trust me, if we get conference play as a fan, I'll still be jacked up to have 10 conference games in the ride. Yeah, I mean, think about, like, the so Big Ten. Think about the Big Ten. Like, you would have everybody play each other, 
and then add th- two more games, at least two or three more games, because they have like a nine uh, nine game conference schedule. And then like for the ACC, uh, like with me being a Pitt fan, you get to play everybody in the coastal. You get to play Florida State, but then you get to go play three more uh, you see Atlantic. You, you see where you stand. You get all your rivalries and yeah. I mean, and it would work. It would be interesting. I mean, the SEC would be fun. I mean, what the BCS was almost like that back, yeah. back in the day, and then you, you know, know, like just maybe just, you have two teams at the end of it all. Maybe you just do, do that, and you yeah, know, so you do a championship game and and the freaking bowl game. Some of them are you know meaningless anyway. I think what you want, like, if if for some reason they would do that, what would probably happen is you'd still have the playoff. And then bowl games would not for some, they would probably find a way that there wasn't like tie ins. Like you wouldn't have like Ohio state go all the way out to California for the Rose bowl. You would have them all play like in, in their surrounded locations. So like you'd have uh, them up at like the pinstripe uh, down at the military and all that, like mm-hmm. keep it kind of regional so that they're not going all over the place. That yeah. that's what I would think. But I, it's anybody's guess. You won't know anything until probably, I think, mid-July. I think they're looking because they're saying that they're going to have to make a decision so they can get guys on for at least six weeks to five weeks to get them ready and uh, got to go from there. I mean, that's kind of the conversation right now. Absolutely. Hey, Cohan, it was a blast. Yeah, absolutely, man. It was, it was a lot of fun, a lot of a lot of cool things to talk about. That's a lot, for sure. Lot of talk, lot, lot of serious talk. We did talk about the doc, and uh, you know, hopefully, we'll come on again, and then we'll talk. You know, some we'll get into some real sports. We'll just assume all of it is going to happen. We'll talk Steelers, Pittsburgh, uh, and uh, and college sports and everything. So yeah, man, absolutely, it'll be really good. It'll be really good, and and thoroughly enjoyed the show tonight. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. All right, guys, that is it. Rover Sports. Thank you guys for tuning in.